talking about starting rumors. I was trying to start a rumor about a month ago, when actually Brandon and I were hanging out, uh, that there was going to be like infighting about who in the change agent journey was going to be my change agent coach, my that personal change agent. So I said, I said Kirsten and Ty were going to fight about it, <laughs> but I was just a joke. Like I was just telling a joke because obviously everybody knows I'm a Wilmington person. You'd be my change agent. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Not, I mean, that's. I was like, wait a minute. I, I know. Like, Dover, Dover, right? <laughs> wait a yeah, well, yeah. Because Kirsten's like, you know, Cheyenne would be your coach if you did it. I'm here, and I'm like, Kirsten's just a joke. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I'm just, I was just, I was getting tie riled up about something. Comrades and friends, hello. Uh, this is Rob. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Uh, we're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. Uh, we just went candle pin bowling today uh, with, Br- with Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Fletcher is here. Um, he, he, uh, he had a lot to say about the ribbon cutting today downtown. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. But uh, our friend back from, uh, back from uh, New York, uh, back from, from jail in D.C., uh, and, and uh, doing more organizing here in Wilmington. So, uh, Brandon Fletcher, how are you? I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me on yeah. Highlands Bunker. I'm very happy to have you in. And, of course, um, somebody who holds down Wilmington, I was just talking to her. Everybody knows that. Uh, Network uh, Delaware, she's a change agent coach. She, If you are in Wilmington, she could be your change agent coach. Um, and she's also uh, basically uh, coordinates the homes program at Network Delaware and many, many other things. Um, Cheyenne Miller. Hello. Hi. So glad you came. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate we were trying it. to put Thank something you. together on the change agent stuff, and then I know you popped into a Zoom with with Drew and me last week, and I was like, ah, <laughs> just sort of waving <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Um, so before we get into some of the uh, the funner stuff, uh, let's talk about some of the of the emergencies that people aren't talking about. So just this week, um, Homes Program sent out uh, a, a press release about an emergency that citizens getting their water shut off. Um, there was a lot of information I want you to go over, but there's action being taken too, uh, coordinated through the homes program. And I want to touch on this first so everybody gets this right out of the way. I don't know which one of you guys want to take it, but I, I just want to sort of review that. Yeah, well, I'm going to let Brandon talk about it, but just to clarify what the homes campaign is, um, we're a grassroots campaign. We are concerned about racial justice and housing. Um, across the state and in the city of Wilmington. And our concern is, you know, how are we going to make housing human right here in Delaware? And so um, the way that water is related to this is that, like, if you don't have access to water in your house and your water gets shut off, you can actually be evicted from your house or your house can be foreclosed. So I'll give it over to Brandon now to explain what's up with water bills in Wilmington. Yeah, so the water issue is that it's unaffordable for people to keep up with. COVID really exposed a lot of the existing issues of affordability um, and people being able to pay for bills and rent. And it kind of destabilized people's ability to keep up with water and rent and their mortgages. And so the Homes Campaign, along with other volunteers and advocates, came together and said, like, we need to do something. So we've been connecting people across all areas of the city with resources 
um, to find out where they can get access to payback utilities and rent. Um, but really, it's an issue um, that isn't being addressed because even though there's millions of dollars that the state has, um, that the city has through the American Rescue Plan, money is not getting out to people who need it. And water is being shut off for people who most need to have water. Um, so we've been going out canvassing um, in support of Councilwoman Darby's legislation, um, an ordinance to enact a six-month moratorium. Uh, the city has the money to pay to keep people's water on. They have the money to pay to connect people to resources to get their water on. And essentially, that's what we're asking for. Water's a right. Housing's a right. And you can't have housing if you don't have water, like Cheyenne mentioned. You can be evicted. Your home can be foreclosed. You end up in the street. So that's what we've been doing. We don't think that's right. We've been going door to door, connecting people to services and trying to get Wilmington City Council to take action on this much needed issue. So how are you? Um, well, first, I wanted to mention to the homes program, you know, when when we um, when the issue comes up and it comes up pretty often because it's one of my pet peeves, I guess you would say, or really Ballywicks. Um, we talk about homes all the time, ever since it kicked off, um, because it was such a, it was like the most impressive community organizing kickoff. I mean, it was the size of like network, like quarterly meeting, like, you know what I mean? It was awesome. And I worked with Kalmbach and it was so cool. And, and it, even being able to sustain it through the COVID and now re basically pick it back up where you're able to team up with Shanae and like, and and really get not only the information, but get you know an ordinance in front of people to say we got to move on this like like right now. Um, so how how many people have you have you gotten some more volunteers to help you with the canvassing to help you coordinate this stuff? Because I know obviously I know some of you guys, but like what kind what kind of operation do you guys have out there? Yeah, so we've been out every weekend since Oct since the first week of October. Um, with homes campaign volunteers, um, people who are part of the Metropolitan Wilmington Urban League uh, volunteer network, and then people who are also impacted by it um, to come out and to give resources to their neighbors. So it's been a pretty large effort with people who are part of homes campaign, part of like the Working Families Network, um, Network Delaware, who don't want to see people go through this issue. Um, and the campaign has really been not just connecting people to resources, but we've also collected over like 300 signatures um, for a petition in support of Councilwoman Darby's legislation. So that's also been going out as well um, in all of the neighborhoods. But specifically, we're in like the east side, um, west side, 4th Street area, north side, uh, where people are really impacted. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to, to uh, obviously, Shanae. Um, I, I don't think people have a full appreciation of um, how difficult it is to be like that role to do what she's doing. Um, to be sort of like, I'm, you know, in, in, in a certain way, I guess John Kowalko was like that in, in the legislature for a long time. And just trying to be the one person, just so it's on the record, like, like not everybody agreed with like, just not giving people money so their water doesn't get shut off. Um, so uh, big shout out to her because I know, um, you know, how it's, it's not an easy thing to do um, at all. So shout out.
I don't know. Like you're you you got it right. Like she really has been like kicking behind on this. Um, she's really passionate about making sure people don't lose access to water and like just to go back, like Brandon is being very humble, but like Brandon and Christian led this joint. Like they was out here on these streets every Sunday for like six weeks knocking on people's doors picking the spots to go to we go into the neighborhoods that where a lot of us are from and so we know that there's somebody out there struggling i mean they knocked on so many doors and a lot of people had their water shut off or were at risk of having their water shut off and they didn't just coordinate knocking on doors and handing them a flyer to say hey you should go call this place and you might not be able to like live you know you might be able to actually get your water back on he also helped coordinate getting people to call them and follow up with them, like almost like social workers. We got volunteers out there. Shout out to Jen and Becca who kicked behind and like actually called these people back up to be like, yo, how's your water going? Like, did you get it back on? Did you apply for these programs? And to also follow up with them and say, can you come out and give public comment? Because we don't want this to happen to another family. So just like shout out to like the good organizing that you're out here doing. Like the way they turned out people to show up at this this public comment session. They literally packed the room and they had to kick people out. They did not let everyone give public comment in this thing because they, they did not have enough room for social distancing. Um, which, by the way, I'm just going to say that was not cool, Chris Johnson. That was not cool. Uh, well, a little aside, I mean, if we're going to go to, to footnotes and, and errata, uh, that's another thing we've been harping on. His name has come up here uh, several times in the last few weeks. Uh, one is about how uh, black elites act as functionaries. I won't get into it. You can listen to Pascal Robert uh, talk about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the other one is just like, you know, you you don't have to do this. You don't have to put these amendments in the in the uh, in the civilian review board, like you don't have to do to, play, to do that. Like Shanae Darby's doing what she's doing, and you're doing something else, and we see what that is. And so I don't know what Cheyenne's talking about at the public comment thing, but you got to fucking do better, bro, because uh, you were talking when we the, the first day we met at a at a house event when he when he ran uh, for AG. And we started talking about Larry Krasner and how he worked for Larry Krasner and all of this shit. That was bullshit, bro. You bullshit me. And I don't like it. I mean, you do what you got to do. I, you know, I'm not, like, mad at you, like, on a personal level, but you did, you did bullshit me. So, anyhow, just wanted to get that off my chest. That's been brewing a couple of weeks. I've mentioned it, but I haven't, like, gotten it off my, my chest, you know. So sorry, you guys were here to fucking hear that. So, uh, that's you're scolding. Telling the, you're telling I say the you truth. feel how you feel, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just for some reason about him, Carl and I talk about it too because he was in a couple times when we first started doing the podcast, and I said we've had we had a couple conversations that were that were pretty good, and and I don't expect everything from everybody. I know, like, you know, there, there's things. You know, my expectations that they're not they're not there's no purity test. It's just like you get a vibe. And this is pretty blatantly a bad vibe. I mean, just to, to, to comment on not necessarily the case of just Chris Johnson, but city council is majority of color, right? We have one Latino on there and we have majority black. And this issue on, on you just can look and see it is a black issue, right? Black and Latino people are the ones who are getting their water shut off. 
what y'all out here doing? Y'all up here tripping. Why is it that a city council full of black people cannot be supportive of a piece of, 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 of legislation that would help black people in a majority black city? Like, and this is a consistent thing with almost every piece of legislation that Holmes campaign is asking, you know, we want to see this pass. It's always our, our black city council members that are not supportive. And so like, I do think there's a point to be made that like, and, and they'll tell you not all skin folk is kin folk. Like it's just the truth. They're not. They just perpetuate whiteness. Yeah. And I think, and when I say that, I mean like, not just like skin color, like they're benefiting from the system of oppressing yeah, I just Poor point people. I just point yeah. people to uh, the conversation I had with the writer uh, Pascal Robert. He has a new essay in Newsweek. It's his first essay in Newsweek, um, and it's basically how you know there's a black political class that serves capital interests and and flattens out his his argument was even further you know flattening out the uh, experience of black life because everybody's either this or that, and there's no sympathy. You're sort of like a functionary role, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm not the real, I'm not the person to talk about it. So I'll like like I said, read that essay. Um, follow uh, Pascal Robert. This is Revolution Podcast is a, is a great one to kind of delve into those issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys are obviously correct. Um, you know, they're, they're, the interests that the interests that they're serving are are uh, a different set of interests, and we shouldn't we shouldn't pretend that it, they're not. Exactly. Well, we're prepared in 2024, um, and. We're going to let people know where they stand. Yeah. That's the important thing about these campaigns is that, you know, we can't we can't endorse anybody and we won't endorse anybody because honestly, obviously, you can't rely on politicians. To There's do the nobody right thing, to endorse. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do make it a point to keep track of how people vote on important housing legislation. And we do that because we need people to know that like this is what could or could not have happened or what did happen because of the votes of the people who are elected in our community. And we, we, we keep track of that. Like, so if you, you won't act right, like <laughs> act right. But if you're not, just remember that there is going to be a record of where you stood on an issue. Um, and we're going to keep that record and we're going to be public about it. Yeah, I mean, Brandon brought up a good point, too, and this this should be perfectly clear. I'm glad there's going to be naming of names, but the COVID situation really uh, sort of uh, highlighted and brought these out, exaggerated them almost, made them clearer. Um, and make no mistake, I think you guys both said it, the money is now available to use, right? Uh, take, for example... The tenants' right to counsel. Another housing issue, right? Like, m m as we know now, most people uh, in her district rent. Um, mostly, sort of middle and working class people, um, and you know, th there's there's no desire to spend the money that's already there to make sure that these people get a fair shake, and it's one person sort of holding it up. Uh, but be very clear, the money, it's not, the money is available. You know, we know people at the housing authority now, <laughs> FYI. Um, I talk to them once a week, or her, just say that. <laughs> Eugene still takes my calls. Um, but yes, there's money available to, 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 to make people's lives better. 
or to just make them livable and not dangerous. So let's not pretend that, you know, it's a choice between like figuring out where to get the money or how to spend the money. It's, it's just, it's there. There's money available now. Um, and so these are blatant, obvious choices people are making, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, Wilmington city council right now is a disaster, but, um, you know, we'll remember what happens. We're, we're paying attention. Yeah. What, what do you guys, I mean, there's obviously still going to be, um, a push for the tenants bill of rights, tenants right to council, um, rental assistance, um, not to get off on the uh, off the water situation because that's like a, a, a critical sort of emergent issue, but just the, the the tenants' rights things. And again, the reason isn't money; it's just because of the power that would be a huge power shift, right? Like, really, who needs the power is the city, the landlords, etc. And so, I, I just feel like something like that would be just a huge power shift in the in the housing sort of in the the bleak housing situation we look at today. Yeah, and to give context, you know, basically, um, there's a bill. It's called SB 101. Um, it would be a bill that would make some changes to the way that evictions happen across the state. And what the bill would do is create it so that anyone who is 200% or below the federal poverty line would have access to some form of representation when they go to court for an eviction. The reason this matters is because people don't realize it, but a lot of people go into court with no representation and walk out with no home and evictions are a serious problem in all communities, but definitely in black communities and has a huge impact on, on, on women. Um, because you know, women, a lot of women carry the burden of, of caring for their household. And so SB 101 would obviously give this, you know, right to representation for these tenants. Right. But it would do a lot more than that. And like, these are the things that people don't hear about SB 101. One, it's going to make it so that people actually have the ability to have a certain amount of money owed before they get evicted. That's a really important one, right? Like, I believe the amount is either $500 or um, a one month's rent, whichever one is highest. I know there are families out there who have been able to put a little couple dollars down and needed a little bit of time to come up with the rest of that rental money. And being able to protect these people before they put, you know, put them out and say, oh, well, you didn't pay the whole rent, you know, give these people a chance to catch up on rent, right? Right now, you can be evicted if you owe a dollar, you can be evicted if you owe 50 cents, you could be evicted if you owe $1,000. And what we're saying is, you know, let's make sure that we're giving people a chance to catch up. The other thing it would do is it would make it so that there's a mediation process, right, for people who do go to court. Ideally, a landlord don't want nobody to be kicked out of their house. That's a loss of money and you got to turn the unit over. It costs you money to evict someone. And so a mediation process would create a space where people actually have the ability to resolve the issue before they got to go and sit in front of the court. Now, this is just a couple of things that the bill would do. These are really big things that we think are super important to keep in the bill. But of course, there's an amendment on the bill that we want to see removed because it strips those things out of the bill. And makes that bill almost like down to only the bare basics of, of, of representation. And of course, the people who we're talking about, right, they're landlords, right? So the landlord lobby is huge here in Delaware. The real estate lobby, the landlord lobby, they're super concerned about not giving more power to tenants who honestly 
don't have a lot of power as it's written right now. Yeah, I mean that's 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 why I look at it just as a complete power shift. Yeah, like I mean, really, society and people, ha- you know, have an interest in just keeping people in their homes, having people live safe lives, you know, and all of that. But you know, if you don't have that interest, um, then you know your decisions are different. And yes, the, the 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 mom and pop, so to speak, or somebody who just has a couple properties, I'm still not a huge fan of of, of that just to begin with. You know, just rentier bullshit, passive income bullshit. But you know, BPG, Capano, these places don't care because they have big buildings. They can turn them over. It doesn't. It's just like it, it's still a cost. But it's not the cost of like a, a, a sole proprietor running a rent new house, you know. They don't care. They need they just need to have that when they need to push buttons, they need that's what they need to do. And so the fact of keeping a, a family in their home doesn't come into play. And, you know, anytime I get a chance to bash BPG, I'll do it. And that's the thing is like I don't think people really are thinking about how strong this landlord lobby is in Delaware. Like it's redonkulous, like it's big. Right. They have a lot of power over what this bill could look like, but they stand to lose the most if you think about it, because they feel as though they're, they're threatened. Right. Because they're they're making claims like, oh, we'll never be able to kick anyone out of the house. Right. Like, that's not true. Right. You can still evict. Right. To, to much to our upsetness. Right. We're not happy about it, but right. you could still evict. Right. And like that is where we're coming from is like. The process that people have to go through with eviction is unfair and it's very stacked against these residents like it's stacked against tenants we need to like even the playing field yeah i mean that's all this is people should understand that's a perfect way to say i mean the power right now is all in one direction like this what cheyenne just described would just give tenants a fighting sort of chance you know give them resources and 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 at least you know give them a shot Mm-hmm. This is not like totally turning everything over. We're, we're not, you know, as as much to our chagrin, you know, we can't uh, we can't go take every vacant house and do and you know and do what we should do with it, um, you know. <laughs> uh, but 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 yeah, this is a this is a a way to just level the playing field a little bit, and so people should when you look at it in that regard and you see who's trying to water it down, when you see who's holding it up. Um, yeah, take that into consideration. Um, Ray Krantz, actually, for the Delaware Call, is publishing. Actually, it'll probably be out by the time this comes out. A pretty long story about um, just the polling they did in Stephanie Bolden's district. Um, you know what the demographic was like, who would be helped by this kind of stuff, and a lot of other sort of housing issues. So, if you want to dive into that, there's even a quote from the uh, the mercurial uh, enigma Eugene Young in there. No, I don't think you'll find him quoted in many, uh, many news uh, <laughs> articles. But you know, we gotta, we know people. We're important. <laughs> um, so yeah, check that out in the call, Ray Krantz. Um, like I said, it's it's being edited today. It'll be out by the time this comes out, but I don't know the name of it. But it will be in the call. I think also, if you look at the campaign finance report, look at where a lot of these politicians are getting their donations from, and if you look at the politicians and the legislators who are holding up this legislation from being the right thing to help people, I guarantee you some of them are taking money from the real estate lobby, BPG, Capano, um, the same people who don't want to see this legislation pass. That's what we mean when we say there's a lot of power there. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, come on, like, 
I don't I don't know how you could be a human being and, and stand against stuff like this, especially knowing what we know about the outcomes for people, right? Like landlords have multiple properties. Let's just landlords have multiple properties. That that is literally the entire premise of being a landlord. But when you're a renter, you got one property. You got one place. And the place that you're at is the last place that you can go before you're homeless. Basically, any legislator that's standing against this is basically saying that the thing that we could do to reduce homelessness, we shouldn't do it. We, we shouldn't do it. So it's it's pretty disappointing to know that people would stand against this. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to the water issue on a smaller scale. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you can either – a home can either be a commodity to be traded like a Bitcoin or a fucking Dogecoin. Or it can be the shelter. It can be a human right and a shelter for people that we live with and we get it and they get it and everybody gets it. And so it's just, I mean, can I tell you about use value and exchange value? No, I won't. <laughs> um, but, but yes, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's a, we've taken something that um, is really neat. It needs to be, whether you, whether you struggle with the idea that it is a human right, clearly it needs to be one. People need to be housed. If not everyone's housed, it creates, you know, a myriad of, of social issues that are unacceptable in in a country that can produce what we can produce. So that's just that's the name of that tune. And I argue that it keeps our communities unsafe too. If we think about safety, it's access to safe and affordable and secure housing, access to quality education, healthcare. All of those things are what keep our communities safe. And if we are putting people on the street who can't afford to keep up with their rent, we're making our communities unsafe. And if we're not finding solutions to be creative, to give people homes, our communities will be unsafe. So don't, I mean, we have issues with gun violence in the city of Wilmington. And I think it's directly related to the lack of investment in all of those things that actually keep people safe. But but the city's okay with giving $1.4 million in federal grants to a police department that doesn't solve anything, that responds to incidents after they're already done, after the gun is already shot. They aren't what keep us safe. Investments in housing is what keeps communities safe. So I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think... <coughs> I think all of these issues are intertwined. Um, and then when we don't have politicians who have spines to address these issues, our communities are just going to continue to be unsafe. Crime is going to continue to rise. Um, and yeah. they should be blamed for it, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, that's why it's so exciting what you guys are doing, because the only way that any of this works uh, and to get people to either decide that their interest is something different and see you know, have some awareness of like the community around them. Uh, or we just find enough people to make them insignificant. But, you know, but being able to knock doors about, you know, your water service and be like, yes, we have actually a network of groups uh, with the homes in Network Delaware, with the Working Families Party, uh, with uh, the Metropolitan Wilmington Urban League, and we're working with an ordinance with the city council member Sinead Darby, and uh, yeah, sign this thing. We can you can you can go tell them what you think, and we're going to make sure you keep your, your these are the services you can get. We're going to make sure you keep your water on, and then hopefully some of those people decide that there's an or, there's there are organizers and advocates and and there's political mobilization to be done, and they decide that one day to do it mm -hmm. because of the stuff that you guys are doing right now. Uh, because, yeah, that's the, I feel like that's the only way to change the mindset.
It's very dope. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about a, a, a what I think is a huge success, but I want to hear from your guys' sort of perspective because you have what I think is the ultimate perspective on these issues and, and the, the people that it affects. But um, So the Hope Center, um, the county, uh, bought uh, the, the, the hotel uh, in uh, Churchman's Marsh um, to be able to not only provide housing for unhoused people and families, but also have a place that's centralized uh, for services and, and, and things of that nature. And it seems to me that it's been a pretty big success. There's a there's a piece in Ray's, uh, Ray's article about it um, that chronicles some of it and, and goes into it in a little more detail. Um, but, you know, what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, is that a – to me it seems like an excellent model to build off of, um, to, to something to start doing. Um, but I'm just interested in your guys' take on it. I I think – Converting hotels to temporary housing is a good thing. Um, I think as much as we can move away from congregate shelters where people are on top of one another, um, which, by the way, it's all at capacity right. in the state of Delaware, um, that and the Hope Center. Um, I think it was a good thing uh, for the county executive to do, but I don't think it's far enough um, to address the issues of Homelessness. If we want to address homelessness, give the homeless addresses. Yeah. That's the that's the thing I think would be smart to do. Oh, real? We, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and, and, and again, my, my position on it is just um, it's showing that there's a different way to do something. <clears throat> so there is a way to, to, to sort of live there temporarily. I mean, it's a nice, decent apartment because it's a hotel room. I guess I haven't been in it, to be honest. Um, plus... The services you would need, medical services, um, maybe addiction services, uh, employment services, unemployment, all, all kinds of social services, is going to be a hub where rather than you having to go out and find somebody and knock on their door, maybe they're there. And you can be like, ah, I can help you. This is, this is what I can get you hooked up. And so just the idea of being proactive and, and, and using resources to try to do that, yeah, I think is super. Do I think that's like a solution? Absolutely not. Um, it's, it's a, <clears throat> it's a way to address the problem that was creative and pretty good considering the circumstances, like considering what has been politically feasible, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I asked this question cause I knew that you would have critiques of it that like either I haven't thought of or that don't get talked about enough because I looked over and Cheyenne Khan did, did one of these like, I'm ready. So yeah, I mean, what do you what what are there are there other sort of have there been other issues that it has brought to the fore that we can like sort of address and and use it as sort of a you know a training exercise like what works what doesn't work what do we do next? I mean, they could do this in 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 all three counties. I mean, I've I've spoken with people down in the other counties that were like, "Where's our hope center? We're ready." Like we we want to either build it, we want to convert one, you know, the hotel that we already have, you know, the lack of, of like shelter space is not just the Newcastle County problem. It's definitely not just the Wilmington problem. Um, and it's an issue that like all the counties need. So it's replicable, right? Like we can actually take this model. We did it. It's been like, what, more than a year at this point? We know, like we can do this. Um, this state putting a lot of money into that is going to be important, like you just said, Brandon, for the here and now. But the issue that the state has right now is a lack of affordable housing. And 
the Hope Center cannot address that. It will never address that. Right. And the, the money and the time that is going to be required to address that is what we have the American Rescue Plan funds for. Like, we have American Rescue Funds directly given to the county, to the state, and to the city of Wilmington, right? Everybody got some a little bit of money coming. And the state of Delaware received a $1 billion with a B billion, B dollars, that they can be using to address the issue of affordable housing. And so the the Hope Center is going to address that, right? It's going to address the shelter issue, which by the way, the city of Wilmington has shut down like multiple shelters in the last like five years. Yeah. And we have our mayor, Perziki, on record saying that he does not want social services in the city. We have him on record saying these types of things. Of course, yeah. I mean, so this was this let's was just let's get there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this this was the first thing that I you know the first the the, the, the first critique that I gave. Now it was over Zoom because it was during the pandemic, but to to Matt Meyer when this whole thing was getting ready to be set up, and I wanted to talk to him about it. We recorded it. I said, you know, this is a huge boon to uh, Przicki because you know he wants to get that out of the city limits. Like you're moving it to the county, like you're taking the problem away from Mayor Mike. He must be fucking cock a hoop, you know, because you know. I mean, it's the same thing at the um, the clinic that was out out here uh, on Pennsylvania Avenue or on Lancaster Avenue, whatever. Uh, you know, he hates that there. He hates people. He hates poor people getting services. He hates sick people getting services because it ruins people's night out candle pin bowling. I mean, I'm not lying. Am I mean, am I lying? No, you. I mean, he said it in the video. I don't know. Yeah, it's not conducive. He said it. Look, ain't my fault. He said it. (laughs) A homeless person struggling with addiction or mental health problems is really not a person to Mike Prasicki. That person is a is a hindrance to the cash flow into the Wilma candle candle pin bowling place. Like, that's just, like, that's a fact. People don't want to fucking face it. But that's a fact. When people make political choices that we were talking about before, where there's money here, but what are you going to do? You're going to give it to the cops. You're going to give the grant to the cops. There's money here. What are you going to do? You're going to do something for renters? No. You're going to make sure that the power stays with the landlords. Make sure let, Let's move these out of criminal court where it takes too long and move them into civil court. Why did they do that? Well... They just want to make it easy if you, if you need to kick somebody out. It doesn't mean they're going to all the time. They just need to, they need to be able to push the levers of power. So I'm sorry that it hurts people's feelings. But when you see a, a, you know, a problem in Wilmington, a person who – there's a person that lives in our fucking bus shelter, and it just – every time I see Mike Przicki, I want to, I'm, I want to talk about this issue with him. But that person is just a deficit on a spreadsheet about money that, about, you know, will people come uh, to the steak place next to Bardea? Like, that's what that is. So, you know, people can say that's like, that's mean or he's not really like that. He is like that. Let's, 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 let's grow up and look at the situation for what it is. Now, Brandon, why did you go candlepin bowling today? You went to the ribbon cutting to celebrate. Did you wear? Did you wear a hat? I, I actually, I didn't. I watched it on YouTube. Um, they live streamed it. They did. Um, it, it was just—it's just so disappointing, you know, to see our elected officials like 
just okay to show their faces at these events. Like, you're okay to be at a ribbon cutting, celebrating this new bowling alley. Yeah, we want fun things in the city, but what about people who don't have water? Yeah. Like, literally, we have a city council member who went there to cut a ribbon to celebrate this new restaurant bowling alley, but said that she thinks the city is doing enough uh, on this issue of water. But people don't have water now, as we speak, in the city of Wilmington. I don't know. I, I couldn't show my face. I couldn't do it. Shoot. I could never. But they're okay with it. Um, and I just got to say again, elections have consequences. And I don't put all my hope in politicians. But as many as we can get out and replace with people who are willing to stand up for the people like Shanae, in the city council specifically, I think we can get a lot more things done. The vote is six and seven. You have seven who go one way and six who go the other. It's only a few seats that need to be flipped in order for the direction of council to pass legislation to do the right thing, like keep people's water on, like address the housing issue and mm -hmm. the education issue and the fact that there's no youth programming available. Yeah, Those I, are all issues that I think we need to let people know. I just wonder, like, I mean, obviously the, the discord and the um, drama and the dysfunction. Three D words. I was wondering if I could do that. Uh, mostly dysfunction of the city council. I mean, Przicki and Hare and the BPG people love that because they just they got a, they got smooth sailing. Like if they if the city council can't do shit, fucking Przicki just does it. And if they're fucked up, he'll figure out. They have, they have sophisticated, they have sophisticated uh, functionaries of capital. They know how to f you know figure it out, and so that's what you get. So I wonder, like, what do you think about moving back to the city, city, and running for mayor, Brandon Brandon Fletcher for mayor? Um, I think there's age requirement issue there. You got to be like thirty. Twenty five. Oh, right? is it twenty five? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Keith James was working on that. I don't know if he he beat that. He might have beat that. He might have beat that. Uh, that policy and took yeah. away that ageism. Well, I'm still 21, so. Oh, that's right. I don't I think I'll be able young. to run for mayor. You're 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 a younger man. I forget this. Everybody to me is younger. I just don't know how much younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very rare that somebody comes up here who's uh, who's my my senior. Unless uh, unless our friend Bertram's up. I don't give my organizers away, so I would not support you running for anything. <laughs> People already know I don't support anybody running for anything, but yeah. if someone is going to run for something, I do not give my, my organizers away with like happiness or anyone who I know is working hard in the community. I always wish they'd stay. Like, Look, Cheyenne runs a tight ship. I want, I want, so I don't want you to run for mayor. I want you to do good in life, and I want you to make a lot of money, and I want you to be famous, and I want you to do all that, and I have no say over your life, but I always say to my organizers, like don't run for office um there it's not worth it's not worth it you'll make much more change outside on the streets um we have so much more potential out here than we ever will inside of that system i agree um, with you by the way throw them in the trash man yeah, throw the whole thing in the trash. it's a disaster what did you say Treat disaster yeah dysfunction drama. Yeah, drama all that <laughs> yeah i mean that's one of the reasons i mean like break the fourth wall or whatever it is one of the reasons I I like I talk about like Prisicki or any you know the, the governor or who all the people I fucking shit talk in here 
is because I like the idea of like any politician is there in a role. And if you're like, you should just be treated like dirt. Like people go around, like I think about Chris Coons or whatever, like he goes in ill fitting suits to these fucking functions and people just get half a heart on that he turns up. And I'm like, the guy's a fucking asshole. The guy's a senator. He's holding everything up. Treat that guy like dirt. But that's not how it works, you know. That's no. like a, they're, they're dignitaries wherever not they how go. how it works, yeah. They're dignitaries. And I think, um, <laughs> to throw them in the trash, <laughs> you know. And, and, but, and, and, and seriously, I also believe what I already said is that the only, the only mechanism by which uh, some of these changes are going to be made is to exert people power. You know, when you can get 300 people to show up at an event uh, to give public comment about um, their water bill or, you know, a union they're going to join or, you know, housing or, you know, whatever, health care. That's the only thing that's going to do this, really. That's I agree it. with you 100%. And so if that's the if, – if, if that grassroots organizing is the most – what I think is the only way it's going to work – then yeah, you 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 wield tremendous power. The only thing is, it's the most difficult thing. And that's what home cam- homes campaign is for. Like homes campaign, entire purpose is about one: housing is a human right. This is a racial justice issue, and we the people are the ones who are going to fix it. So, like I said, even when we were out here saying that we want this ordinance to get fixed, we were organizing volunteers to help residents navigate what resources they could so they could get their water turned back on. We were not reliant just on this ordinance. You know, we don't rely just on city council to do it for us. You know, we have the ability to organize and provide community resources on our own. And so, you know, when mutual aid comes into it, Homes Campaign will support mutual aid efforts. As long as we know that the end goal is to change this whole system, we're going to support it. What we don't do is just regular, regular charity. But we will support mutual aid efforts. So like we have tenant rights workshop going on right now. Yeah, we totally want to change the eviction, uh, you know, the eviction process, right? We want SB 101 to pass. We want the General Assembly to do the right thing. But we also want residents to know that you have every right to stand up for yourself when your landlord comes acting like a fool, right? You have every right. And so we go and we teach people in these spaces, what are your current rights right now? As a tenant, right, what can your landlord do and not do to you? And what are you responsible for? Because you don't want to be taken advantage of. And so, like, our spaces are all about people getting together, doing learning together, and sticking up for themselves as a community. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's it's so important to empower people like that because one of the <clears throat> one of the biggest privileges in life that you have, and I've had almost all the ones you can have, is that idea that, like, if you run into a jam, you could probably get out of it. Like, if I had, you know, whatever it is, whether you needed uh, legal advice mm-hmm. or you needed, you know, you needed any kind of attorney or you just needed sort of specific knowledge about a particular thing, you kind of knew where to go get it. Like, and so that kind of information, you know, tenants' right to counsel, like, that's the kind of, things that really do uh, strike fear in people who know like you know not everybody like Przicki doesn't get this let's be honest like he's just doing the but I mean you know Rob Buccini certainly gets it and the guys that are on that list that are doing the Dr. Oz thing they certainly understand it very well very well and so 
yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why it's a, that's why it's the most difficult thing because that's what you're up against, really. So, last thing uh, before we uh, shift gears into the next thing, the, Bill's like Bill's chomping at the bit. That's why my phone's blowing up. He's like, <laughs> "When can we come over and talk about this?" Um, there's a person who I've talked to many times, and I've I've asked her a few times. You know, why don't you come into the studio? We'll talk about this or that or whatever. I, I interviewed, um, I think one of the first authors I ever interviewed was an author who wrote uh, about gentrification. It was like a city planner. And I went to Chris Willauer and I was like, Chris, why don't you, why don't you come in and talk to them? I don't know. I can't get, I can't get Christian Willauer on the, on the program. She will not come on. I mean, both of you guys have been here a couple times, separately and then together. Like, you gotta soften up. Uh, you gotta soften up, Will Hour. We'll, we'll try to bring her. We'll try to bring her. <laughs> she seems. I mean, you. look. She seems. I mean, I'm, we've all obviously we're 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 friendly, extremely friendly. But I feel like she's like, I don't know. She, she thinks something's gonna happen. That's because Christian is out here busy, actually, like walking door to door yeah. and and talking to residents. Um. She actually is like a busy person and she cares about this issue a lot. Um, we work closely on this. And I remember when Christian was like, we should start the homes campaign. Um, and she was there from the beginning and she is, she's a busy girl. And I'm hoping that, you know, if she finds the space to come out here, you, you all would be shocked at the stuff that she knows. She, <laughs> yeah. She is a bomb. You'd be shocked. At it's so stuff. funny. You she's said like that the housing guru. She really is. Yeah, like, I, she's so good at what she does. It's so funny. You said that because that's the, the first time I ever talked to her. I was we're getting ready to interview this guy who wrote a book. He was, he was a city. He, he taught city planning, I think at like NYU or something. And he wrote this book about gentrification. And so I, I wanted to basically meet drew again, drew put us together wanted to meet to see if she would come in and be like I was trying to do like an organizer with this person I was doing like in that mode. we've done a few actually but and she was like I don't I don't really want to <laughs> she's like have you talked to Cheyenne <laughs> but but when I asked her about the guy I was like this is the guy this is the book she's like oh I know that guy yeah he wrote this other book like she knew she's all about it telling already. me all the books like yeah she already knew all about it that's why I was like oh that's so exciting you can come in and talk about it I know I don't want to if you talk to Christian about any issue, she'd be like, actually, there's this city. <laughs> actually, there's this book. She will like yeah. literally run down to you. The she talked to me. The place. I wanted to know, this is to, about the time they were sort of finishing up in the flats. You know, they built the new flats and everything. And, you know, it seemed nice that there's new housing stock that's affordable. And they made it because they put a big, st- uh, I'm a big bus stop guy. I'm like, yeah, there's the bus stop. These look pretty cool. I hang out in that neighborhood a lot. So I was like watching the progress. But I didn't know whether like on, on like for people who think like we do, was this on a whole good or was it on the whole bad? So I was like mm-hmm. asking about the Hope Center. Yep. So of course I asked. So she called me and I think she told me the story. She, it was like an hour. She's like, well, then this happened. And then these people are good. They were in the land bank with me. And I noticed, and here's what's happened. He's like, we've, we've equaled the stock. And I'm like, okay, you know everything about this. I'm so glad that I called you. She knew everything about it. Um, yeah, so this is a shout out to her because I know that she is another uh, piece of this. Um, and again, um, you know, she doesn't take a lot of uh, an accolades or, or uh, talk a lot about it or have her name in the paper that much. Um, but yeah, she's a huge uh, part of this whole operation. Legitimately cares. Yep. Like she actually cares about the people and what happens to the city. Yeah. 
Well, uh, comrades and friends, thank you for listening. Uh, what you don't know is that in about five minutes, we're going to start recording our, our uh, Christmas extravaganza episode. It's going to be it's going to be quite fun. We've sort of previewed it here today, but uh, you'll get it in uh, probably a week's time, and that'll be our little our little Christmas gift to you. So until then, uh, Brandon, uh, Cheyenne, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, as we all know, uh, left is best. <laughs>